You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 141, Redesign Your Nurse Brain. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Oh my goodness, you guys. I did a very bad thing during my last shift. Well, actually, I did the bad thing the shift before my last shift, which was I used my very last nurse brain. Have you ever done that and you got that horrible feeling because you knew you weren't supposed to use that last nurse brain? I always kept a copy flipped upside down on my clipboard so that this wouldn't happen. I don't know how it happened, but I didn't have it saved on the computer. Well, I did have it saved, but the one it was on got lost and it wasn't on my email, so I couldn't find my nurse brain. So startup shift, I went and grabbed one of my husband's nurse brains from his folder in the break room because my husband and I work on the same unit. So I went and grabbed one of his nurse brains and I went out to get report. And giving report with a new nurse brain is so disorienting. The person is rattling off information and you're trying to figure out where to write all the things. And it's just kind of a mess. So I was just writing things down the best I could, but it was hard to keep up. And it got me thinking about nurse brains. Cause I'm kind of obsessed with nurse brains, not the paper kind, but the actual brains in our head. I think they're so fascinating. But sometimes those brains feel kind of scattered. They feel like they're not serving us. They're not working for us the way we want them to. And if you've been feeling that way lately, you are absolutely not alone, but we're gonna clean it up. We are going to redesign and refresh your nurse brain today. All right. Now, before we jump into it, I got to make sure I let you guys know that Bold Nurse Society is open for enrollment. Have you heard? It has not been open for enrollment for 10 months, which is kind of crazy, but doors are now open. So if you need some help bringing down your stress, which We're two years, almost two years into a pandemic and you're a nurse. (laughs) So if you haven't found someone that works for you to give you some support, and I'm not saying it has to be me, but if you do not have a solid support system and strategies to help you cope with that stress, you need that, my friends. You should not be trying to navigate a pandemic alone. I feel like that's someone trying to climb Mount Everest solo. (laughs) Just doesn't seem like a good idea, right? We want to train for it. We want to have support and have a guide to help us get through it, to make it easier. And you have done an amazing job on your own. If you've been flying solo this whole time, you've done an amazing job but I want you to know it doesn't have to be so hard and you don't have to wait for the pandemic to end to be more fulfilled and satisfied in your job. So if you want to bring down your stress and 
Get it to a level that works for you. We're not going to completely eliminate your stress. I am not someone who's going to make crazy promises to you. We're not supposed to get rid of all of our stress, but we can bring it down and then learn how to manage the stress that we still experience. It doesn't have to be so hard. And if these strategies that you're learning here on the podcast have been helpful to you, we bring it all to the 10x level in Boldner Society. So I'm not going to give you all the details here, but if you're curious about how Boldner Society works, go check it out on the website because I lay out how it all works in there, how we do our monthly class and our coaching calls. There's a feature called Ask Abby Anything where you can bring me any question anonymously anytime. So you've got that full support. And being a nurse myself, I get the nursing lifestyle. I get that you're busy. So we've got call replays so you never miss anything and a private podcast channel, all kinds of good stuff in there. So head to the website, www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash BNS info. Okay, so make sure you type in the www because my website is picky and I haven't fixed it yet because I'm worried that if I try to, it's just going to mess it up more. So type the www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash BNS info, as in Bold Nurse Society info. Go check it out. And remember, doors close this Friday, February 4th at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific. So you will want to get in there before doors close and you lose the chance. All right, my friends, let's talk about our nurse brains. Does your nurse brain just need a little cleanup, a little maintenance? So I'm going to give you three tips to help your nurse brain work for you, help you function better, because that's the whole point of a nurse brain, right? It helps you stay organized. It helps you be more effective as a nurse, keep track of the things you want to do and be able to get things done, get the results you want during your shift. So I want to make your actual brain work for you in that same way. So the first tip I have for you is to design your brain with intentionality. Have you ever seen a nurse brain that just looks so scattered? You're like, why would that be here? And there's no rhyme or reason to where things are placed. Sometimes our actual brains are like that. We're just going with the flow. We're not thinking about how we want to use our brain to give us the results we want. So let me give you an example of this. I got a great question on an Instagram reel the other day. Someone left a comment and she was saying, with the staffing the way it is right now and the nursing shortage, how do you get through those really difficult shifts where things feel unsafe? And here's my answer for that. You have to use your brain intentionally. So here's what I mean. Often what we do is we just let our brain go on default. We're like, I'm just going to think thoughts that feel true. Or we don't even realize that a lot of things are thoughts, that we have an option to think different things. So when we're in a shift and it feels crazy and overwhelming and we're like, this is unsafe. That thought, this is unsafe, feels really important. It feels really true. It feels like we're just stating the facts. And so we don't question it. We just keep thinking it. But what I want to invite you to do is use your brain with intentionality. Choose on purpose the thoughts you think. Now, 
How do we do that? And how do we know if a thought is useful to us? So what I like to do is I work backwards. So if I think, what are the actions I want to be taking during this shift? I want to be able to care for my patients, to give them their medications and education and keep them safe, make sure I put the bed alarm on, all of that stuff, right? Maybe I even want to advocate for more help, to ask for more staff or have my assignment switched up. So those could be the actions I want to take during my shift. Now, if I want to take those actions and do it in the most effective way possible, then I want certain emotions driving me. Our emotions are our fuel for our actions, and some emotions are better fuel than others. Some help us show up more effectively and as who we want to be. And so I'll ask myself, okay, if those are the actions I want to take. I know what I want my shift to look like and how I want to be operating, more importantly, during my shift. What emotions do I think would help me do that the best? I think determination, confidence, maybe some concern for my patients and their well-being is important, right? If we're not concerned, then we might not take care of them in ways we should not advocate for more help and those types of things. So those emotions, concern, compassion, confidence, unity with my team, all of that sounds like really good fuel to me. I'm like, okay, those emotions help me operate at my best. Those are the useful emotions to help me take those actions. Now, how do I get those emotions? Our emotions come from our thoughts. Now, not directly, right? Our hormones really are what create our emotions as they cycle through our bodies, but our thoughts release different hormones for us. So when we think a thought, it starts this reaction in our bodies where that thought might trigger some dopamine to be released or some cortisol to be released. And that's what's going to create our emotions. So if I want to create compassion, determination, concern, then I have to choose thoughts intentionally that create that for me. So going back to this example, during a crazy shift, sometimes we're just automatically thinking a thought like, this is so unsafe. But if we run that thought through our test here, to ask ourselves, what emotion does that create? Is that emotion good fuel to help me take the actions I want? For me, it doesn't pass the test. If I think this is so unsafe, I feel panicked. That thought doesn't help me. For some of you, it might. It might create that determination for you. It might help you focus. For me, it doesn't. So you have to run that test for yourself. What emotion does this thought actually create for me? For me, it creates panic. Panic does not help me operate more smoothly. It actually distracts me from caring for my patients. It might actually create some anger for me. That could be another emotion. Anger might cause me to advocate for more staff or to change my assignment. But one, again, it distracts me, keeps me from caring for my patients in the present. And two, I don't really show up as who I want to be. When I'm asking for more staff or changing my assignment, I'm kind of short-tempered and there's this underlying resentment that may or may not get picked up by the other person, but I feel it. So for me, that's not useful. So if we want to design our brains with intentionality, we have to ask ourselves, what is this thought 
creating for me? What emotion? And is that giving me the result and helping me take the actions I want to? So instead, if the thought doesn't pass the test, we have to find something that does generate those emotions, that compassion, concern, and commitment to our patients. A thought for me that works better is my patients need more care. I'm committed to meeting those needs for my patients and getting them the help they need. So then I don't go into panic. It creates that commitment. It creates that determination. And I could even think, I will get them the help they need. That creates more confidence. Okay, so design your brain with intentionality. Don't just put things here or there, right? Like on our paper nurse brains. Don't have it just be scattered and whatever comes across the radar gets put down. No, let's design it with intentionality instead of just going on default. Okay. Another way to design it with intentionality is to choose the input. Now we can't always do this with our paper nurse brains. Like the input for your nurse brain is the report you're getting. And some people give really easy reports that are easy for you to follow. You're like, okay, this makes sense. This follows the flow of my thinking. Other people's reports sometimes can be a little bit more scattered. They go into the whole story about what the person had for lunch that really doesn't matter or this big dramatic thing that happened with their family that you don't need all that information about. So sometimes report cannot be super helpful. That's the input you're getting for your nurse brain. You can't always choose that. But you can choose a lot of the input for your actual brain. So I was talking to a Bold Nurse Society member about this the other day because I did a survey of all my Bold Nurse Society members and how they were feeling before they joined Bold Nurse Society and how it's helped them after as far as their stress goes and their satisfaction and happiness. And I was talking about this with this Bold Nurse Society member and she said, I think one of the biggest things with Bold Nurse Society is it gives you this positive space. Because a lot of people don't have that in the nursing world. There's so much negativity on social media. Or you watch a video to learn something about COVID or about what's going on in nursing, and it sends you spiraling into this negative mindset where you feel hopeless and helpless and angry. So we're getting all this negative input from the world around us. And then maybe you go to your shift and you have coworkers who are really disenchanted or scared, and they're offering you more ideas of fear and resentment. So all of this is coming into your nurse brain. It's like when someone gives you a report and they're like, this patient is crazy. He's terrible. He's so rude. And they tell you all these negative things about this patient. And then you go into that patient's room and you're trying to give them a chance to form a good relationship, but you've got all this extra chatter going on in your brain. And so when they do something that's a little bit challenging, you interpret it through that lens of, this is a terrible patient, it's gonna be a horrible night with them or day with them, and this sucks, right? Because that's the input you got. And we're often getting that same kind of input about nursing and our jobs and our professions, and it can be really hard then to turn it around and create this hopeful, optimistic, peaceful feeling. And so in order to design your nurse brain with intentionality, intentionally choose what you expose yourself to about nursing. 
what you see on social media, what you participate in as far as conversations go, and find a space where you can put in more positivity, put in more useful thoughts and generate more useful emotions that are going to help you have the experience you want as a nurse. Okay, tip number two is to refine it. You want to refine your nurse brain. So you design it with intentionality, and then it's got to go through a refining process. So one way to do that is to get an outside perspective. So during this last shift I had, I was orienting someone to our unit who, it was an ICU nurse who was floating to the telemetry floor that I work on for the first time. So I was orienting them to the unit and I showed her a little trick. When I, before I showed it to her, I was like, oh, she probably already knows this, but it was just a little trick on Epic, our charting system with how to print off the med list. And I wouldn't even say it's really a trick. I'm sure most of you guys would know how to do this, but it was something that when I was a new nurse, I didn't know how to do. So I was always writing out every single med for my patients by hand. And it was a huge waste of time. And so once I learned how to print off these med lists from the work list, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes things so much easier. And we can get those outside perspectives to help us refine our nurse brains, to make it work more easily. When it comes to our mental and emotional health, sometimes we think if we just struggle through it, we'll figure it out and we don't need that outside support. But just like when you were a new nurse, didn't you appreciate getting those tips and tricks that made it so much easier? You didn't have to struggle through it and figure it out all by yourself. I certainly did. And it's the same with caring for your mental and emotional health, for your nurse brain. There are shortcuts, there are tips and tricks and tools and strategies that can help bring down your stress and help you feel more peaceful and fulfilled in your job. So get that outside perspective, learn those tools, find someone who can teach you those tools and then practice them. So with our nurse brains, I told you, I used my husband's nurse brain this last shift and it was really uncomfortable at first. It was difficult trying to figure out where everything goes, but even in that one report, as I got to the next patient and used that same brain again, I got to my next patient and used that same brain again. As I practiced, it became so much easier. So as you refine your brain, you are literally redesigning your nurse brain and refining your actual brain. As you practice thinking new thoughts, you are creating new neuro pathways in your brain. Your brain's used to thinking, this is going to be a terrible shift. Your brain has a really strong neuro pathway going there, would be my guess. Many nurses do at least. So if your brain has that strong pathway, you're going to have to practice thinking a different way. You're going to have to practice new thoughts. And as you do, those old neural pathways are going to dissolve. And this new one is going to get stronger and stronger. And eventually, it's going to be second nature, just like using your new nurse brain. Eventually, you get comfortable with it. You remember where everything goes, where to write when their last BM was. So just remember, as you do thought work, as you try to rewrite these neural pathways, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some practice. So be compassionate with yourself, but keep practicing and it will get easier. 
The last tip I have for you is to highlight the most important things. That's what we do with our nurse brains. We want to make sure the most important information stands out to us, that we can remember the most important information, that we know what we need to do for that patient or what to be assessing for that patient, what to look out for to keep them healthy and safe. So we want our nurse brains as well to be highlighting the most important things. And as a nurse, one of the most important things you can highlight are things that create fulfillment in your job that help you feel satisfied and know you're making a difference. Now, I know a lot of nurses, and I used to feel this way too. We go to our shift and we wonder, did I make a difference? It doesn't seem like I made much of a difference. It was chaos. And then I'm seeing these same patients over and over again who aren't receptive to the education I'm giving them. They don't have the support they need to implement these things at home and really make positive changes to their health. So sometimes our brains are highlighting, this is pointless. You're not good enough. You're not making a difference. And that feels so discouraging. But I want you to know you are making a difference. You are making a huge difference. You just don't get to see it all the time. You see the people that come back. You see people when they're at their worst. But the people that you discharge and they do make those positive changes, you might not see them for a long time. You don't know the impact you had. You don't get to see how you bettered their lives necessarily. So this was brought to my attention recently with my podcast because sometimes I feel like I don't know if it's making a difference. I mean, I see how many nurses are listening to it and I'm like, okay, they're coming back to listen. It must be making a difference. But I don't get to talk to all of you guys. I don't get to hear how you're applying it in your life all the time. So sometimes it feels like, is it actually helping people? And today I got a DM from a nurse and she told me that from listening to the podcast, she had felt so much more empowered. And not only had she been able to get into a nursing job that she loves, but she also felt empowered to leave an abusive marriage. And when I read that, I got teary-eyed. I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea it was making that big of a difference. And I could have gone my whole life without knowing, right? Like if she hadn't come back to tell me, I wouldn't have known. And so often people don't come back to tell us. Right? And that's okay. Like They're busy. They're off enjoying their lives and they just forget sometimes. But that doesn't mean you didn't make a difference. So let's bring that contribution to the forefront of our minds. So what I decided I'm going to do, I haven't done this yet, but after reading this message today, I was like, I don't want to forget this. I don't want to forget that I am making a difference. And so I'm going to put together a binder of those kinds of messages, those emails, those podcast reviews, those DMs that I get from nurses that tell me what a difference this all made in their lives. Because while it's my job to believe those things myself and I can reinforce those thoughts on my own, I don't need 
nurses to tell me all of that in order to believe it. Like I could just decide to believe this podcast is making a difference. This work is helping people. I could just decide to believe that and generate that fulfillment on my own. But it really does help to get those outside voices, right? It makes it easier to believe those thoughts. We have more evidence to back it up. So what I want to encourage you to do is do the same. If you get a thank you note from a patient, save it. Or if a patient makes a really nice comment to you, go write it down and save it somewhere. So when you're feeling like I'm not making a difference, this is pointless. You can go back to that binder or wherever you decide to keep it in your break room locker and realize, no, I am making a difference. Now, sometimes, like I said, people aren't going to come back and say this to us. A lot of times our patients aren't going to send us those thank you cards. They're going to get discharged from the hospital and life is busy. They're trying to catch up on all the things they missed while they were in the hospital and get back on top of things. So they don't always send a thank you card. But when you have those shifts and you have interactions with patients and you feel like that made a difference, you don't have to wait for them to send you a thank you card. You go write it down. Write down that experience you had being there for a patient's last breath or comforting a family member or talking to a patient who's addicted to meth and seeing them start that process of thinking, maybe I want to make a change. Write those things down yourself. Appreciate yourself. Highlight your own contributions and achievements and keep that so you can go back to it and highlight what is most important. There's a lot going on in our brains, in the world. And if we're not intentional about how we create our nurse brains and use our brains and what we put into them and use them to focus on, then it's kind of messy. But it doesn't have to be. You can clean up your nurse brain. You can use it in a way that serves you and helps you be the kind of nurse and person that you want to be in this world. All right, my friends? And that's what we do in Bold Nurse Society. That's what it's all about, is using our brains intentionally to serve us, to help us be our very best. So if you want to check out what Bold Nurse Society is all about, go to the website and you can read for yourself all the things that I have to support you and help you manage your stress and overwhelm. And like I said, doors for Bold Nurse Society are just open for a few more days. This podcast episode airs February 2nd and Bold Nurse Society enrollment closes on Friday, February 4th. So if you're thinking about it, just go check it out and you can decide from there if it's a good fit for you. But the website, remember, type www first. So www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash BNS info, right? Like Bold Nurse Society info, BNS info. www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash BNS info. Let's get your nurse brain working in a way that serves you. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you later. Take care.